Well, welcome back to Breaking the Box. Yes. Yet another episode. <clears throat> uh, I say that as if we have episodes all the time, and they seem to be getting fewer and far between, but I really do enjoy this time together. And just want to clarify, one of the things that we have really been emphasizing on these podcasts is that it's our relationship, our talks kind of just recorded and out there, mm-hmm. but... I don't want to think people to think that this is the only time we talk. Yeah. We do talk a lot, but it's just not always convenient to record the conversation or set up an actual topic. Sometimes on the fly while we're driving or while we're doing something, we have conversations about mm-hmm. cool and important stuff. But, um, we had some topics submitted how long ago? I don't know. Um, April I don't 8th, know. I think. Yeah, about a month ago, that. month and a half, two months, whatever it's been. Um, and we've been trying to draw from those topics. So today, um, I want to talk a little bit about um, what qualities a person should have that makes them a good friend. A good friend. Friends are super important. One of the things that has happened in my life is friends have come and gone. Mm-hmm. And there's periods of time where you're really close to some people mm-hmm. and then within years that go by you don't even hardly know them anymore so mm-hmm. I think that's an important topic um, first why don't you talk about what you think friendship is about what's good what is good qualities of a friendship not necessarily the person but what things do you enjoy in your friendships that help you to feel like those people are close to you communication and not just like communication like explaining what you mean kind of thing but like just talking to each other like even if you don't have anything that you feel like you want to talk about just talking yeah just to be spending time together um laughing together i really like to do that with my friends it's good that you can laugh or people can make you laugh Mm mm-hmm what about what else? Um, sharing things that we like to do with each other, like me and my friends will send each other songs that we like or cool things. Like me and my friends that are girls will send each other like cool dresses or shoes or whatever, and like I'll send each my friends stuff I'm working on, like my art projects or whatever. So just kind of keeping them in the loop of life if mm-hmm. you're long distance or whatever. Yeah, well, I think we've you and I have talked about the idea of friends and things about friends a lot, and I just want to reiterate some of those things to you. Um, who you hang out with is extremely important, mm-hmm. and it's important that you find people that have similar interests, <clears throat> not to keep yourself locked into something or to not be open-minded. That's... You need to be open-minded about things all the time. Mm-hmm. That's how we learn and grow. But um, because you have a specific set of guidelines in your own life and mm-hmm. in your life from us, but in your life mm-hmm. from yourself too, and it's easier for you to maintain those guidelines if you don't have people in your life that are constantly pushing you to um, explore the boundaries or push the boundaries mm-hmm. or... Uh, you know, stretch the rules a little yeah. or whatever. But when you have friends that have similar 
lifestyles, yeah. then it's easier for you to live the way you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Who you hang out with is really important because they can really change you and influence you. Even for someone like you that's not easily influenced by other people, um, it's it can be a detriment. You could be close to God and have a good relationship with your family and the wrong friends can change that in you mm-hmm. over a period of time. So <clears throat> it's one of the cool things I like about our relationship is that we have kind of a friendship mm-hmm. uh, aspect to our relationship. You and your mom have that too. Mm-hmm. And um, I really enjoy that about my kids, both my kids. They, even my son has their specific things about us that we're really close buddies from time to time. Yeah. But, you know, with your parents, it's different, obviously. You yeah, gotta have obviously. other peers and friends. Uh-huh. But um, I would say one of the good, the goodest, <laughs> one of the best yeah. qualities, qualities of a friend that you can have is that they love God. <clears throat> Since mm-hmm. living for God is a lifestyle to us, it's not just a mm-hmm. thing we do once a week. Um, having somebody that's close to the Lord, loves the Lord. Uh-huh. God is number one in their life. That is extremely important quality to have. Um, If I was going to make a list and just kind of run through it really quick and then we can ask questions or talk about it. Okay. Maybe talk about other things, but they got to love God for sure and and go to church, something Mm -hmm. truth. Um, But you know, not all of your, not all of your friends. Can I say something about that? Um, That doesn't mean that I don't have friends that aren't in church that just means that my closest friends should be in church well yeah here's the thing i guess i should clarify your your friends the people you spend time with you hang out you talk to Mm -hmm. don't necessarily have to have a relationship with the lord or be christians Mm -hmm. but they have to at least respect your value yeah of that Mm -hmm. yeah the closest friends you'll have, you'll find, are the ones that have the most in common with you uh-huh. because yeah. those that do believe what you believe, it's easier to get closer to them. Yeah. But, you know, I know you have friends that don't do everything you do, believe everything you believe, all that stuff. However, all of your friends that I know so far that I've met respect your values. Yeah. They respect your choices. Mm-hmm. They respect your relationship with your parents, with your relationship with your church. None of them are trying to pull you or sway you to do or say things you shouldn't. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I remember I remember that story you told me one time in school when things weren't going exactly how you'd like and you walked away from the situation and some of your friends went to sit with you instead of staying in, involved in that what was going on there. Um that made me feel like happy for you that you could take a stand for something you didn't feel was right and your friends would support you even if they didn't necessarily see anything wrong with it. I don't know what they thought, but that they would join you and be with you and support you. That to me means a lot that those people will respect you. And I know that you do the same for them. You know, you don't push them or tell them that they're doing something right or wrong or you respect their values and their beliefs and stuff. Uh-huh. And I think that's important in relationships, especially friendships. You got it. They've got to at least respect your values, your beliefs mm-hmm. enough that they won't try to push you away from yeah. them. So that's what I mean by <clears throat> the God aspect. 
Um, the be- another thing that's really good is loyalty. Mm-hmm. Um, that's true. Friends don't have to be um, so loyal that they can only be your friend and nobody else's. But yeah. That if you have disagreements or you get upset at one another from time to time, mm-hmm. things don't go always the way you thought that you guys can work it out and continue to be friends. That's what loyalty is about. Something funny about most of my friends is that most of my friends live far away. So I talk to them over the phone or whatever. So it's, we have like little, like we'll mess around with each other and we have like little jokes and like we'll, you know, make fun of each other, whatever. But I don't think we've ever really gotten to like any major arguments because we're so far apart. We're not together all the time, you know? So it's not like me and, like, Adriana where we're, like, we used to be together all the time. So, like, there is bound to be arguments, like, constantly. Yeah. <clears throat> However, there there may come a time where you guys don't like what the other person did or disagree yeah. with stuff or whatever. And when that happens, um, the ability for you to push past it... Mm-hmm either apologize or forgive or do what you need to do to fix it and then move on. Mm -hmm. Sometimes all of that's not necessary. It's just normal life and you just have to just drop it and go move on. Mm -hmm. But if there's really an actual offense, there needs to be apologies. That's what is what loyalty really is, is that you're not going to take your ball and go home, Mm -hmm. so to speak, every time something goes away, you don't want it to go. Yeah. But that you'll make sure you fix it because you value the friendship. Uh Uh-huh. I'll just tell you one quick thing. I know you've heard me say this before, but uh, the relationship is more important than the current conflict. Yeah. I learned that a long time ago about my relationship with my wife, but it applies to friendship too. Yeah. Your relationship has to be more important than whatever conflicts you have. Mm-hmm. And another attribute I would say is extremely important. Um, I, sh- I don't want to use adjectives that are too... Um, over the top like I'm not trying to yeah. say it's, it's you if this is a must but <clears throat> they, they've got to either believe or respect your belief they got to be loyal yeah. but you know they've they've really got to live a life similar to yours that's very important uh-huh. um, they don't have to dress like you act like you believe like you but at least have some things in common with you yeah <clears throat> It's hard to be friends with people that are complete opposite from you and you see eye to eye in nothing. I would say it's impossible to be friends with a person like that. Uh-huh. So you got to find people that you have at least a few different things that you're interested in that are similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll give you guys a basis for your relationship. Um, now you can be opposite in personality traits like you talk a lot, they don't talk. Uh-huh. you're shy and they're not, whatever. It could be however. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to have similar interests. Yeah. Most of my friends are. I wouldn't say they're uh, exactly like me, but like most of my friends that I have are have similarities with me. And there's some differences they have with me. Like they'll say something or they'll say, oh, I like this. And I'm like, oh, I don't, that's cool. I don't like that but good for you so and that's a good thing too you got to be okay with people's differences yeah and they should be okay with yours even if it's something similar or silly like um 
the type of music you listen to. Yeah. <laughs> you like one kind, they like another, and you're like, well, I hate that kind of music, and they hate your kind of music. But that shouldn't be anything that yeah. would detour your friendship. Oh, it depends. Like, one of my friends likes country music, and I, I'm not into that. Like, he sent me some stuff, I've listened to it, it was okay, but it's not like, but we don't like it end our friendship because he likes country music and I don't, you know. So, those things are good attributes. Um, I would, um, <clears throat> the only other thing I, I can honestly think of um, right off the top of my head is, and I'm sure there's some of your friends you would call friends that haven't, but I think your parents should really like your friends too. I think that's important as a young kid or a teenager. Now, that can be taken to an extreme on the parent side. Yeah. Meaning the parent can just be a controlling person and not let you hang around with anybody and you'd be like, well, my parents need to approve of my friendships. Yeah. That's not what we mean specifically by that. What I do mean though is that um, your parents have lived life a little longer and tend to know some things or see some things in people um, that may not be good down the road. So introducing your friends to your parents if they haven't met them yet um, and making sure your parents fully approve. If they don't approve, you don't... the, The proper response in this situation is really important because if you bring a friend to your parents and your parents say, you know, later on in private, they just say, you know... I didn't really like how she did this or the the way she was talking about that or the way he had this attitude or whatever. And I just don't know if it's going to be a good friendship for you. It shouldn't be an explosion response. Mm -hmm. The response should be, I don't understand what you're talking about. Or it should be, can you explain to me how that's a problem? Or it can be, you know, mom, I don't agree with you, but I want to know more about what you're saying because maybe I don't see something that you Mm -hmm. see because of your experience or whatever. Um, and sometimes it could be, you know, that you would say to them, you don't, what you don't realize is this happened to my friend today and they were in a really poor way or in a bad mood. If you would give them a second chance to, you know, give you a different impression another time when they're in a better mood, Mm -hmm. because sometimes parents can, can make mistakes. So, um, that open communication between your parents to talk about your friendships the problem can be once you've been friends for a long time, it takes a while for your parents to see some of the things that are happening. Yeah. Then there needs to have a conversation where you may need to learn how to cut a friend off. Mm. That can be a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. But if your parents truly are not controlling, but trying to help you and trying to guide you in a way that's beneficial to you, then I think that you really should have um, love and respect for your parents so much that you can listen to that. I was just going to say, I also try to watch to see how my friends talk to their parents. Oh, that's a good point. Because it's not like, that's not how I expect them to talk to me, but I want to know how they respect other adults because, you know what I mean? Not so I, if they, like, are super rude to their mom, I'm not going to be super rude, you know? But um, I just like to see what they think of their parents and other adults and how they treat them because respect is an important thing to me and 
that not only tells you how they're going to treat other people, but how they treat people that are above them. Well, that might be how they treat your parents. Yeah, that's true. Um, And, you know, the thing is, I'll get into this subject and get right off of it, okay? (laughs) The thing is, is that some of your friends Mm -hmm. will be guys. Mm -hmm. And those guys, all, every friend that's a guy has the potential to be more than a friend someday. Um, And that doesn't mean that the guy you are ever going to be with someday is one of your current friends now it could be somebody you've never met yet mm-hmm. but all the friends that you have right now that are within the right age range yeah couldn't be potential future relationships that's so, so weird. Uh, feels weird to think about but the good thing to know about that is that if they start as friends and they respect their parents and they respect mm-hmm. yours how much easier is that going to be in the future yeah, when you get, when you end that. up in a relationship or if you would end up in a relationship mm. that they respect your f- father and mother and and they have good relationships and your parents like them and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So even though that may not apply to any of the people you know now, maybe mm-hmm. it's a future relationship, the purpose there is the same. Yeah. You got to start as friends mm-hmm. and when you introduce this boy to your parents for the very first time whether as a friend or as a as a potential boyfriend not only should they like them, each yeah. other, but they should be respectful. And, you know, I've seen some people <clears throat> in and out of relationship, get off the relationship, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend topic, but even just friendship. I've seen some people um, get mad, upset, disagree, and still be extremely respectful to people's parents. And that's really the way that you've got to do it. Mm-hmm. Um you can get mad at what somebody's doing or saying yeah, and stand up for what's right or get mad and be wrong, mm-hmm. <laughs> but still be super respectful. Yeah. And that's a really, really big deal. I mean, you really got to respect not only your own parents or the adults in your life, but your, the parents of your friends. Or just other people in general, too. Yeah. All of these are really good, important things. And I'm sure there's that each one of these, we can talk about them in depth about what loyalty truly is and what it means and how you can feel and all that stuff. But giving you just some basic ideas here. But if um, right now we should probably take a break Mm -hmm. for a sponsor. We're back from our break. Um, Yeah. And uh, so now we want to switch topics a little bit here and talk about how to make devotionals interesting. Who was uh who do we want to shout out for that? Oh, uh Rachel Warner King. Rachel Warner King. Good good um way uh good um recommendation. Sorry, my brain was having a moment. Um well I have found I have this is just from experience, and then maybe Melanie, you can give me from a teenager perspective, but um, my experience has been that it's very difficult to have daily devotional time. Um, there's a couple of things that I try. I'll tell you what uh, what I've done over the years, different things I've done, but I'll tell you what kind of my routine thing is too that I've learned to, to do. So <clears throat> I think finding different devotional books that you can work through. Uh, there's some that are that'll last a year. There's some that'll last a few months. There's some that are thirty days. There's some that are half the year. Mm-hmm. Different things like that. Um, 
There's also like online devotional uh, videos and things you mm -hmm. can watch. Um, I try to stay away from those, especially if, if you're like a person that does your morning devotions and then go to work or something, whatever that may be. Um, when you get up in the morning, going right to watching videos or whatever yeah. is kind of weird, different. But there is those options. Um, a lot of study Bibles, a lot of study Bibles will have um, devotional tips or devotions in them. And you can use those to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so those are some different ideas. But here's a couple of things that I currently do. One is this. One is the Bible app has several different like devotionals, devotional plans you can mm -hmm. join and continue to do um, and line up. There was one for men that was called Uncommon and it had all kinds of different topics. It lasted, I mean, it was different devotionals. Mm -hmm. They were only, you know, like six lesson devotionals or whatever. <clears throat> so it only lasts six days or a week or whatever. But there was so many of these under that umbrella of the uncommon, mm -hmm. uncommon men is what it was basically, mm -hmm. um, that uh, I was able to listen to and um, the Bible app and what, read the Bible app and read the devotional every day for almost a year. And so those are that's one thing I'd try to do periodically. Um, but I think the best way, the, the thing that has helped me the most now... The, the recommendation was how do you make devotionals, daily devotionals interesting? Mm -hmm. I think um, the question is, is a good question or is a good recommendation to talk about. But I think it's not about making it interesting because when your heart is truly uh, in love with Jesus, everything about him is interesting. I think the part is, is building a routine because... Uh, what is interesting to you, generally speaking, for instance, I'm generally interested in the Bible, generally speaking, mm -hmm. but there's mornings I get up, I don't want to read the Bible. That's the last <laughs> thing I want to read, right? It's as interested as I am in the Word of God and studying the Word of God. So it's not about making it interesting. It is interesting in its nature. Mm -hmm. What It is more of how do I get myself to be interested in what I have to do? So here's what I recommend it's two-part. Every day, your daily devotion should consist of two things. One thing that is routine and one thing that is spontaneous or not routine. By doing it that way, <clears throat> you have something to always fall back on, the routine. If all else fails, I can go to the routine. And then the extra thing that you do to um, uh, kind of throw the spontaneity in it. So here's what I do specifically. When I get up in the morning, first thing I do is I pray while I'm taking a shower. And then I'm praying after I'm done. My showers are usually only five or ten minutes. And I begin to pray while I'm in the shower. I start my, my prayer. But I get out, I get dressed, get to my chair, and I'm praying um, and, and trying to get myself awake by talking to God. And I find that when I can do that while I'm while I'm taking a shower, trying to wake up from that, that it helps me when I get out of the shower to continue in that spirit of prayer. So once I'm I'm out of the shower or whatever, what what I do, the, the routine part is I always do the daily proverb. And I know a lot of people do that, but if you do the daily proverb, it becomes a routine. Mm -hmm. 
no matter what if if something crazy happens and you overslept your alarm and there's an emergency at work and you have to be there early and all you have is 20 minutes you've at least prayed and read your daily proverb that's the routine the mm -hmm. fallback it's there it's always there it's always part of your day the second thing <clears throat> i do is i try to read scripture whatever scripture i feel like god is directing me to now I'll be honest some days you're exhausted you got done with your proverb you're praying and and you just don't feel nothing so i will do a couple of things one is i will either look at the daily verse on bible app and then i'll read that entire chapter because it's different every day yeah or i will turn to a book that is uncommon um, that happened to me very recently i decided that god wanted me to uh, uh read out of the book of uh Habakkuk or, or Nahum, Nahum, that's what it was, which is a very uncommon um, book. You don't hear much preaching about it. There's not yeah. a lot of messages that come out of that book. Well, what happened was I felt like, okay, let me turn to my uncommon spot here. Mm -hmm. And I went there and I started reading and God started speaking to me through it. And then I couldn't put it down. I read through the first two chapters and I wanted to keep reading, but I yeah. was running out of time. So those are some things that I do. I always try to have something in between. Now, it doesn't have to be the daily proverb. It, it could be whatever you want, but find something that's routine and something that's different every day. So yeah. the routine for me is I'm praying. I read my daily proverb. Sometimes I'll even read my daily proverb before I get out of bed. Um, when my eyes are dim and I'm barely able to, to see, yeah. I'll read my daily proverb. Then I'll get up and I'll start praying as I'm doing my morning routine. And uh, I know some people will say, well, you're, you know, you're doing things, you're distracted. I don't see it that way. It'd be like me and my wife getting ready together in the morning. And while we're getting ready, we're communicating about something important. Mm -hmm. Our communication isn't less because or less valuable because we were brushing our teeth or our hair or getting dressed while we were talking to one another. Yeah. Um, and I don't think your prayer is less valuable because you're in the shower or getting dressed or getting ready for the day. But, you know, I, I try to pray at least a half an hour every morning, sometimes up to an hour, depending on how early I get up. I get up at 4 or 4.30, you know, if I'm having to be mm -hmm. at work early. For instance, tomorrow, I have to be at work early. I'm going to be there at 5. I have to be up at 4. That only gives me an hour. I'll probably only get 30 to 40 minutes of prayer time in, mm -hmm. but that's okay. Another thing I'll do to add to my devotion, I might read my daily proverb, read a scripture or two in another chapter, and I'll flip on some preaching while I'm praying. And it just plays in the background. And and while I'm talking to God, things will come to me while the preachers are preaching. And mm -hmm. um, and th that helps me too. So just just making your devotion yours, I think, yeah. is the way to keep it interesting. That's my opinion. What do you think as a teenager? I don't know how to keep it interesting. I can say what I do, <clears throat> I guess. Yeah, why don't you just tell us what you do? <clears throat> so what I do usually is I have, I go through on days that I'm getting ready to start my week or whatever. I'll go through all the plans and save ones that look interesting. Right now I'm doing one. I started it and didn't realize how long it was. And so I've been doing it for a long time. It's 33 days. Mm. And I didn't realize that. Because most of them are just like a week, five days, whatever. This one is 33 days. So I'm on like day, like... 
15 or something like that. Anyways, so what I usually do is I try to pray a little bit before I start, and then I get on my phone, I go to the Bible app, I do the lesson for that day, and then I did do daily Proverbs, but I got through all the Proverbs, so I'm starting to do Psalms now. So I do my devotional, and then I read it the next chapter out of Psalms. Well, the good thing about the daily proverb is that it's 31. So for the months that have 31 days, you have one for every day, and you just start mm -hmm. over the next month. And for those of you who are wondering, the months that have less than 31 days, on the last day of the month, I try to read the rest of the chapters. So if it's February... Um, on the 28th, I'll read 28, 29, 30, and 31, which is a lot for one day, but yeah. it's cool. But I did that through once and saw so I moved on to Psalms now. So. Sure, that's perfectly fine. But something routine and something spontaneous, you kind of do that too. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that helps a lot, something routine, something spontaneous. Another thing to keep in mind, I just thought of while you were talking, is something that I do... Your daily devotions don't have to just be you reading the Word of God. Yeah. It can be you studying the Word of God. And I know that you might think, man, I, when I'm up at 5 or 6 or 7 or whatever time you get up in the morning, I don't really want to be studying the Word of God. But you don't have to study it in depth per se. Mm -hmm. Just getting gaining understanding. So what I do too is every phone has a notes app, right? Yes. In the notes app, what I do is when people are preaching, when somebody says something to me in conversation, um, throughout whenever, or even sometimes like I'm listening to the Bible in the car and something jumps out at me, or a preacher says something that jumps out on me while I'm listening to preaching, or I, I'm, I'm listening to a book and something they say in the book really jumps out at me, all of that <clears throat> stuff. I try really hard to make it a note in my app. I have a note for messages. I have a note for devotions. I have different notes. Mm -hmm. If you keep a devotion notebook in your notes app, and what you could do is write down a quick note about a topic or about a certain scripture that jumps out at you at different times. And when you don't know what to do for devotion in the morning, if you don't fill in any inspiration from the Lord and you want to go to a devotion, go back to your notes and look that up. Maybe it was a scripture that really was like, wow, I never heard that before or that I never saw that in that scripture. Mm -hmm. You write the scripture down in your devotion time. Well, in your devotion notes, I mean, well, when it's devotion time in the morning, you don't have to go study that in depth in the Greek and the Hebrew and backwards and forwards. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is go to that chapter and read the whole chapter and gain, and do it with intentions of gaining understanding about the thing that God jumped out at you, had jumped yeah. out at you. It'll bring revelation. Because the thing that's jumping out at you is something God's trying to speak to you about. And if you keep that in mind while you're reading that scripture, I always, 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 always read the whole chapter. If some scripture jumps out at me, it's a perfect example. When I went to the book of Nahum mm -hmm. and I was reading that and God started speaking to me, that all started out of a thing where I heard somebody mention the book of Nahum, but that... It, 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 there was no reason for me to think that. So I just mm -hmm. thought, well, you know what? I'm just going to go read the first chapter. I read the whole chapter. And so something jumped out in one of the verses while I was reading the whole chapter. And I went back and reread it so that I could make sure I fully understood what that scripture was talking about. And God brought some good things some revelations out of that one chapter that I built an entire sermon on. And uh, so... 
that doesn't mean that you have to build sermons. doesn't mean you have to have a, a ability to teach whatever you're learning. But sometimes the daily devotions is where God gives us the deepest revelations of things we've been worried about, struggling with, thinking or praying about. And so having that notes app with your devotion notes will help you a lot because you can refer to that when it's mm -hmm. time to do your daily devotions. And uh, one last thing, I know I'm doing a lot of the talking here, but <laughs> <clears throat> one of the other things I would say about daily devotions is, um, now I'll just put a disclaimer out on this. If your pastor says otherwise, then listen to your pastor because yes. he's your authority. But uh, I don't personally believe that your daily devotions have to be first thing in the morning. Some people work night shift. They don't get up till one o'clock in the afternoon, three o'clock in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. um, some people are night owls. I happen to be an early bird. I'm always up early. I'm up early even when I don't want to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it's easier for me to do it in the morning. Once I've, I've showered and I'm dressed, I'm awake. I'm ready yeah. to go. And so it's easier for me to get that done in the morning and it makes my day better. So my preference or my encouragement to people is, to do, it is do it in the morning. If you work a night shift and you sleep all day and you get up in the afternoon, do it when you first get up. Give yourself time. Yeah. However, that doesn't mean that you can't do it right before bed. Yeah, some, some people, people they're the that. most awake and the best right before bed. They're more yeah. coherent. So if that's the way it is for you, try it out. Give it a shot. It's better that you do devotions daily at night than to not do them daily. Yeah. So um, I'm not against that. As a man of God, um, a possible future pastor someday, hopefully, uh, I would recommend to my family and my people that we would do it in the morning. Mm -hmm. But there are instances where it just works out better for doing it in the evening before you go to bed. If that's what works for you, do it. Just get yeah. them, get it done. Build a routine. That's the big deal. Build a routine. The routine might be spontaneous devotions, yeah. but build a routine. Doing it the same time every day so that it's become part of who you are and your day, it makes a difference. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that part? I think it's good. I think it, the reason most people encourage it in the morning is because then some people, it helps their day to be better, like you were saying. But... It's also helpful for people that can't do it in the morning or don't get up that early or whatever to do it at night because some people, and some people that helps them sleep better to do stuff right before they go to bed. So it just depends on, I guess, how you are. <laughs> I don't know. What other recommendations would you do to make things interesting? Um, Maybe something... You've wanted to try, you haven't tried yet. You can throw that idea um, out. I don't know if there's anything that I wanted to try that I haven't tried yet. But um, I think one thing is doing it with somebody else. Not necessarily like accountability partner. Like not that much of a dependence on the other person. But like if you have somebody else doing it with you can help you, you know. And not just so you remember, but like you know the other person's doing it at the same time. and Like, you can do that on the Bible app. You can do that. Me and my mom were doing that for a while, where we'd read one every single day together. 
And it can help you to remind the other person, but it doesn't have to be for the sole purpose of that. Yeah, that's that's getting into another topic right there of um, uh, dependence, independence, codependence, and interdependence, which I'd like to have an entire podcast we talk about that subject. But the basic idea yeah. is that, you know, there's people that won't go to the gym unless they can go with somebody. Mm-hmm. There's a partner. That's a dependence on another person. They're codependent yeah. on somebody that I can't do this thing. I can't go yeah. to the gym consistently unless you go with mm-hmm. me. If you don't go, I'll miss out. So I got to have you there. Um, that's not what I was saying at all. I know. I understand that. What I was saying is that's not what you need with yeah. your devotions. It needs to be an interdependence where that person enhances your devotion yeah. and it's good and it's helpful. And they can help but remind you. you're able to do your devotions on your own yes. as well. That's what I was getting at. But we should talk about that in a, in a, in a podcast that the dependency issues, those are mm-hmm. very, very important. Um, I hope that answered the question. Um, I know that that's a, that's a difficult one, especially mm-hmm. for people that are wanting and desiring to do devotions, Yeah, wanting them to be interesting. Um, you know, I, I'll just say this, keep trying. Yeah. And I'll tell you, Mel, keep trying. Don't give up. If you miss a day, if your routine isn't as good as you'd like for it to be, just keep getting after it. When I was first really getting into a good routine, um, what really changed me was I was uh, I was I had a roommate when I was a single person. I had a roommate that would get up and pray every morning, and uh, I didn't have to be up till about five or five thirty, and he was up before that mm-hmm. praying in the living room, and I would hear him praying every single morning. He would wake me up with his praying because he wasn't quiet <laughs> and um, when I'd come out of the room to shower or whatever I was getting ready I'd come out into the living room and he was always sitting there reading his bible before he had to go yeah. to work and uh, it it put something in me so what ha- ended up happening was when he'd wake me up praying mm-hmm. I just started getting out of bed and praying too and it built this routine in me because if he's going to wake me up and I can't sleep, I might as well pray. Yeah. That's kind of the way I was at first. And there was times uh, he would go on vacation or he'd be gone for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And there was nobody there to wake me up to mm-hmm. pray, so to speak. And so I would get up and pray and I would fall asleep while I was praying. <laughs> or I would get up and pray and I'd start to read my Bible and I'd doze off. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I was trying to get in this routine, mm-hmm. but I was making mistakes and I was getting up later than I should have. And yeah. I was falling asleep while I was praying. Those are good things. God would rather you fall asleep or, or, or not get up on time and give him 15 minutes instead of a half hour than to not do anything. So yeah. continue the effort. Keep trying. Don't give up. Even if you make mistakes or skip days, get right back into the swing of things and try really hard to to make it a routine mm-hmm. I don't remember alright well I guess that's good enough for today yep. thank you for tuning in and we appreciate all your support we do have a quick announcement we will be having some merch being released very soon we just ordered a few things the slightest little step towards some good stuff but hopefully before the end of the year I'd really really before the end of summer I'd really like to release our first big merchandise like item like apparel or something um we do have a website now, right? Not quite. Okay, it's we're we're in, the in works. production. It's in the works, and we'll let you know about that. Um, we'll be able to be able to post um, 
episodes and stuff on the website. And uh, we are looking to the future. No timeline on this, yeah. but the idea would be to have our own little place we can record. Yeah. Each time it would be the same. And hopefully with equipment and things, we can make a YouTube channel that would also mm-hmm. be the podcast. So looking forward to those things We're as they grow. on it. Uh, lots of exciting projects right now. We can't tell you about all of them, obviously. <laughs> but um, keep supporting us. Keep yes. listening. Uh, share share, this. share the episodes if you can, as much as you can on any social media outlets. Uh, we'd like to get a lot of listeners so that we can help people. That's our goal. Yes. Thank you for your support. We love you guys. Bye.